Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 31 of Forever Strength. I'm uh, Andrew Coates. I've got Bailey Lau with me. And we have a special guest today, my friend Beth Farako. And Beth is an online nutrition and strength coach. And one of the things I really enjoyed and admire about Beth is she's really leveraged social media to build a really strong business. So we've got a bunch of questions. I'm going to let Bailey yeah. take that over because we want to hear more about it. So it's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, our first question is always, um, how did you get into fitness and nutrition? Oh man, that's okay. So how did I get into fitness and nutrition? It really started when I quit drinking seven years ago, admittedly. Um, I, uh, started meeting a friend, uh, at like five 30 in the morning, right before I, I decided to go to AA. That's the whole other like long story, but I, I had to go that route for recovery for that purpose. Um, so I met her at five 30 in the morning, we would do these crazy boot camp things at like a playground. We were running. I got into running then as well. Then, um, I would go 7am was my AA meeting. So I did that like every day for a year almost. Um, she ended up getting a job somewhere else that was far. We weren't able to meet anymore. So I started to go, there was a gym that opened up like right across the street from my house, basically like two blocks away. So I have the AA meeting and the, the gym right, you know, next to each other. So I'm like, okay, great. I could take a 6 a.m. class. I go to a, my AA meeting at seven. So I did that for a little bit. I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. Um, my son was just getting ready to go into preschool. So I'm like, ooh, you know, I, I could possibly start working again. Um, they were looking for a front desk person. So I'm like, oh, perfect. You know, I could do that part-time, take my son to preschool and, you know, I'll have him the rest of the afternoon. Um, so I did that and, um, my friend Hunter who owns the gym, who actually is like, we're kind of like going into maybe business together. He's like the head of sales now. So he's like a big part of Beth Rockwell fitness. So that's, you know, it's amazing, but he got, he was the first one to get me into coaching. He's like, I feel like you'd be a really good coach. Do you want to intern here? I'm like, absolutely. Um, so I started interning there at the same time I started getting, um, I wanted to get certified in nutrition first. Um, because from working or not working, like going to the classes, hanging out with the women, I realized that everyone had something in common. They were all like exercising really hard strength training, uh, doing, you know, cardio, and they would all complain about being in the same place. Like I'm not losing any weight, da da da. And I would just so happen to, you know, start following Jordan and started listening, you know, the calorie deficit nutrition. I was like, you know, I'm going to get, I think I'm what really interested in the nutrition part. Um, that was always fascinating to me. So at the same time, I joined his inner circle, was getting certified nutrition, had my own like transformation. I lost like 20, 30 pounds throughout that year. I was the same at the women at the gym, you know, working out consistently, not focusing on nutrition, thinking I'm doing everything right. But at the same time, nothing was going my way for fat loss, you know? Um, so that's how it really got started. Uh, getting a certified nutrition. And then from there, getting my personal trainer cert, I got um, the Mike Boyle certified functional strength coach cert. I went there. Um, Kevin Carr actually uh, was one of the, yeah, he's speaking at one of your events, isn't he? Yeah. So a little bit of context here. So uh, Jordan, Syed and I are speaking, both speaking at two events. The more immediate one is, uh, it's called the FitBiz Mastermind 4.0. It's in Scottsdale the first weekend of December. Uh, Lane Norman and the Hormoz are also both speaking. And then in February, I pulled Jordan into an event called Raise the Bar, which is great. So a lot of really great speakers at that, Molly Gilbraith and 
uh, Don Saladino, Jonathan Goodman, Tony Gentlecorn, his wife, Lisa Lewis, long, long list. Uh, yeah. So, and Kevin Carr is also on that as well. Kevin was there last year. Kevin is really great. His first chance I got to meet him and he's a really smart guy. So yeah, he is. He's really great. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to the fitness, the biz uh, in December. Right. I'm going to Arizona with Hunter. Hunter is going. So the owner of the coach, coach class owner of the gym that I used to coach at um, is now doing all the sales uh, for me because, you know, uh, I, we can get into the whole, all that, how that transpired of me um, starting my online uh, business, which is crazy. You know what? That'd be a great story because, I mean, I think a lot of the people here, you know, I mean, we're going to get some coaches in here. I think a lot of people are enthusiasts, but we've got a lot of questions that will go into that. But yeah, I would love to hear how that grew. Yes. So I ended up coaching at the, you know, coaching at the gym for four or five years, um, uh, small group, personal training and group coaching classes. We, we did a lot of different, you know, stuff there. Um, and right before 2020, I had that whole like COVID thing happened. Uh, Jordan was announcing like a new round of like the, uh, you know, online personal trainer mentorship with Mike Vicante. And I was like, uh, you know, I think I really, I really want something for myself because my dad passed away when I was 18, um, four days before graduating high school. He was 45 years old from a blood clot to the lung. Um, very, you know, sudden. Um, so my mom was left with three kids. Um, she went bankrupt. We lost the house, um, you know, because he was the sole provider. And I, I was just thinking, you know, at this time, like my husband was around that age. And of course, I'm like, if anything was to happen, I want to be able to take care of my, my son and myself and not be left because um, he was providing, he owns a business. And so he was, you know, providing for us. So I really wanted something for myself. I wanted to be able to help more people. I just felt like I wanted to do more. Um, so I joined that mentorship. And of course, you know, uh, 2020 COVID happened and the gym got shut down. I was actually um, teaching group coaching classes in an empty gym with no music on Zoom, which was horrific. I have to say, there's nothing like like teaching a class with absolute silence, you having to do the moves, no one being able to talk back to you. I'm like, I hate this. I wonder, you know, I want to be with people. Um, so I threw myself into that mentorship and homeschooling, um, you know, started, you know, writing my first article and just learning about like online, you know, stuff. And uh, we had Jordan and Mike would give us these challenges each month as part of the mentorship. Either it was like write an article or, you know, post on social media for 30 days straight. Um, and whoever won would, you know, get a phone call with them. Um, so I did the, you know, the challenge was to post on TikTok every day. And I'm like, oh my God, there's no way. Like, I hate it. Like TikTok, my, my 12 year old daughter is on, or stepdaughter is on TikTok. I'm like that is a dancing app, you know, I'm like that's a little kid's app. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I, I just did it. And those first videos are, are like, they're still there. They're horrifying. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but, uh, I, like the, maybe day 20 or 25, uh, I went viral on a video. And it's like from then, I just, I haven't stopped. I've been posting pretty much every day, maybe give or take a few days here and there since then. Um, but yeah, I built my business off the beginning of TikTok. And it's, I've, I've like almost five coaches on my team right now, sales, like three salespeople. Um, I have a number like top five podcasts. So it's been pretty incredible. Yeah. 
And this yeah. is not like Eric <laughs> Roberts did something similar. And what you, I, yeah, hey, we were in the, we went at the same time. We were yeah, together. And, and Eric, I, I mean, I know Eric is God. He must be near three hundred thousand Instagram followers, oh. over a million TikTok. I know you're yeah. over a hundred thousand Instagram. And well, on one hand, people say, "Oh, these are vanity metrics, blah blah blah," but no, they're also the points of contact where you're reaching and influencing and mm-hmm. helping people. Yeah, and certainly both your businesses have thrived. I mean, how many people follow you on TikTok, and what's that like to interact with that massive following? Yeah, that like over at this, I think it's like six hundred and twenty-two thousand at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And I don't think what people don't realize too, is that we've been like, I mean, like consistently posting like every day since 2020. So this is like, kind of like almost like getting to the, like the peak of, you know, it's been three years now um, where things are really starting to, to pick up, but it's, it's, it's been a really fast process in my mind, even though it's been hard work, I really love to do it. So it hasn't been, you know, like too much, so to speak. I've had something similar with Instagram as well, you know, posting virtually every single day since the beginning of 2020. And it took from 3000 followers to 85,000 and continues to grow. And that's one of the fastest rates of growth anybody in our industry on Instagram in that time. There's Eric, you, Jonathan Goodman, a couple others even faster, but it, it, it is incremental. It can be gradual. It looks big. um, You know, when you zoom out and you just see at that point, but it really is just a little bit every day, a little bit every day. And yeah. I I find for other coaches, I do try to say to coaches, you know, it's the same message Jordan Syatt shares, you know, write articles, do YouTube, do podcasts, create long form, build other aspects of your brand. But, you know, if you can find a way to authentically be on social media on a regular basis and distill down all the other things, you know, into something really accessible and you do reels, TikTok really well, then Ultimately, you are going to reach more people. You create all those touch points and it will help your business grow. So I think it's a great compliment to doing the other things. Yeah, yeah, it definitely, uh, it's it's important to have like a build an email list. Like I have all, you know, all those things combined. Like don't just, you know, depend on social media. I'm so glad that I started the podcast, that I've written articles and that, you know, I, I've built an email list. I've given so much away for free. Um, and it's also about like, you know, building that community. Uh, really is huge. Like responding to comments, responding to DMs. I answer, try to answer all my DMs. And you, although, you know, it's very difficult to do so. Um, I try <laughs> doing those Q and A's. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Instagram, what did it glitch last week? Like, it's a good thing you have multiple contact points. Yeah. Yeah. My, I thought I was going to lose my account actually last week and I freaked out um, a few times I got locked out. Um, I couldn't get back in. I'm like, what is going on? Like, am I like getting banned from Instagram right now? <laughs> um, I had to create like a, another account. Um, I finally was able to get in somehow. Um, I uh, like deleted the app from my phone. I reinstalled it. That's mm-hmm. what actually helped. Um, but yeah, I was glitching out hardcore and I kind of, and I'm like, all right, it's okay. You still have TikTok, you still have your email list, it's fine. Like, that's what you always have to have that next uh, thing that you're thinking about. Yeah. Just in case. Exactly. Um, so you do primarily online training? Yeah, right now I do. I um I quit coaching in the gym in person shortly, uh, I'd say 2021. 
for sure. Right, right. I think we were right getting back after COVID. Um, I think I maybe coached in the gym in person for six months and we had like these plastic barriers. We had to like spray the equipment down. Yeah, I was, in, I was like, this is, I can't do this anymore. I had to wear a mask. I'm like, this is just not, it didn't feel the same. Um, it didn't feel like I was really coaching in person anymore because everyone, we still couldn't get near people. Um, and at that point, you know, uh, my business was growing and I was like, if I'm going to grow my business, I have to step away. That was actually really hard to step away from the in-person. That's where I began. Um, there's nothing like in-person coaching for sure. No. And I, I feel that, you know, um, if you're going to be an online coach too, I think it's so important to in-person coach first. I think that people miss the boat on that one. I, it's you, seeing people's movements, just how people relate. Like everyone moves differently. It's just so you just learn so much from um, working in person with people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, <clears throat> so what demographic do you mostly work with? Mm, I'd say women in their 40s and 50s and um, be, uh, late 30s, 40s and 50s and beyond. Yeah. And you do strength training programs? Yeah, we do. Um it's really nutrition mindset based and also obviously, you know, strength training incorporated in that. Yeah. And that's all included in the group programs that you have. Yeah. So I have uh, like specific one-on-one and then I actually have um, group coaching on Facebook, which is what I primarily coach now. Yeah. Um, I don't do any, um, I had to step away from the one-on-one online coaching myself. Um, so I can work, how do you say work on my business instead of in my business. Oh yeah. There's a, conversation around fitness professionals and you know where to take your career and scaling and you, the long-term ability to earn a livelihood like I love working with clients in person and I mean I I'm able to do very well with that but it is time intensive but working online is no less time intensive mm-hmm. I also have been spending more and more time with friends of mine like Don Saladino or uh, Kelsey Heenan and her husband Dennis and, and some of the other people who Jordan is a really great example of someone who's really scaled massive influence and reach and ability to help people through mentoring other coaches, but also through the inner circle. And, you know, Bailey and I, you know, a bit over a year ago, it was about a year ago, we started talking about doing something with an online group program, which is where this podcast came from. And mm-hmm. really happy with how the first year went. Meanwhile, we're both very full-time in-person coaches. Mm-hmm. So we sort of approach it initially as a very little side project. And we're really happy with how it worked and the comments we get in the Facebook group from some of the women, I'm just like, wow, I'm so glad we do this because they, they love it. They get so much value out of it that we're going to continue to try to find ways to effectively scale it, grow it, make sure the integrity of what we deliver is never compromised. It's mm-hmm. like you, that meant hiring coaches and, and finding great people so that way you could help. Yeah. Them. yeah. Um, and all, all the coaches, Interestingly enough, um, I know from the inner circle with Jordan. So I've known these people that I want for me, like Team BFF, but that's like Beth Frocco Fitness, but it's kind of like how I want the vision for my business to be is like we're all, we all have the same vision. We all want to help people. We, you know, we all know each other really well. I know that's very hard to find, but for some reason, like it's happened. Like everyone, all the coaches, we all know each other. And we've um, either been in um, certifications, like we all, like I think three of us took Casey Joe Arvadis's health, uh, health mindset coaching cert together. So I know them from there. I know them from the inner circle. We've all already met, but we all live in different states. So um, it's pretty cool. It's hard to know over the internet, but that's good. 
yeah how many uh, big 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 companies really got started whether it was one founder or two and then gradually adding more coaches to the mix as they you know maxed out their capability of serving people themselves it's how mike dola built stronger you it's how john berardi and phil caravaggio created precision nutrition it just happened to be mm -hmm. a long time ago or nick shaw and mike Gizertel with renaissance periodization or yeah girls got strong if i'm if i remember correctly talking to molly i think there were initially nine women who were sort of a collective and molly of course is certainly the figurehead um, and not all of the original founders are still involved, but that's ultimately where they came from. And every one of these entities has a very humble beginning. So, you know, to the coaches listening, you know, do not close your, your mind to options in, and how you can lean into this. And I hope people will check out more of what you're doing and some of the other names I mentioned. Now, I know Bailey also has some questions to ask how we can deliver some stuff for the, 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 the enthusiast, the person who is in the gym wanting to uh, improve their own health and wellness. Yeah. Well, you mentioned that you do a lot of nutrition stuff. Um, and I saw on your Instagram that you, you know, cut the bullshit and <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, there was comments about yo-yo dieting. So can you explain it and then tell people how to avoid that phase of dieting? Yeah. Yo-yo dieting. Um, I, I think my goal really is every person that I feel like I, I talk to is like a version of myself back when, you know, um, just always searching for like the next best thing. My mom was, she still is, she's 76 years old. And she, I grew up with a mom that dieted like all the, she was doing something different all the time. Like the cabbage soup diet, Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers. I mean, you name it, she has done it right. And, and she's always back at the same, like lose, gain, lose, gain, lose, gain. Um, and so that's the yo-yo dieting thing. Like really, she still thinks that certain things make her gain weight, um, you know, that this is bad, that is good. Um, and I'm like, mom, you're, you're 76 years old. And, you know, I, I just don't want people to get to that place in their life and still be dieting. Um, it's like we have a whole life to live, right? You know, and I think just helping people build a healthy relationship with food and realizing that they can live their life in moderation without consistently having to go on a diet. Um, I think just, you know, the diet industry has done a, a number and they still continue to try. Um, so it's a, it's, it's like uh, a battle. It's a freaking war zone out there. Yeah. yeah. Let's zero in on this for a second. This is your role model growing up. This is yeah, Quite literally the thinking process and the behavior you were conditioned to believe was normal. You know, is that something you see a lot of with the women you work? Oh, with? Oh yeah. Um, a lot of, um, parents have put their, uh, these women on diets at nine, 10 years old. Yeah, I know. And so that's, that's kind of where it started. And, you know, I, I'm a big advocate also, you know, try to talk about, you know, don't put your kids on diets and stuff like that. There's a lot of also stuff that I didn't realize I have to censor on TikTok or else I get um, flagged. Like I can't say teens or kids or child. Um, it's interesting, right? I, I try to make a few videos about, you know, I get a lot of teens that ask me about dieting. One of my videos, uh, you know, mentioned, you know, teens and dieting and this and shouldn't do this or, and it, it got banned from like being posted. I'm like, this is so... Um, they censor stuff like that, which is really weird. It's like triggering EDs or I, I don't know, I'm trying to help, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a reason for it, but yeah, 
find a way around it, I guess, to help more people. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's very common. Common yo-yo dieting? Yo-yo dieting and um, back in the day, parents putting their kids on diets, like Weight Watchers was a big one. Like, or, or the child would go to the Weight Watchers meeting with the mom and like see, like they used to have to put coins um, in the little thing if they didn't lose a pound or there was like some money thing involved. I mean, they, yeah. Oh man, talk about I know. person, jeez. Yeah, right? You talk in front of a bunch of people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It I would have like, they had weigh-in days, I believe. It doesn't even require the children being put on diets or brought into these environments. All kids need to do is to hear the language, see the yeah. behavior, and kids will pick up and grow up with this stuff as very normalized within their thought process. So it makes sense that this stuff is handed down and we're dealing with you know, yeah, basically just condition damage. So how do you, how do you start to unravel that type of mm. people you work with? It's a, it's a lot of mindset work for sure. It's a lot of like uh, deep diving into um, habits each week, kind of with, you know, the questionnaires that we ask them and stuff. Um, a lot of their behaviors and things like that stem from childhood and them working through, you know, maybe trauma with their parents for being on a diet and really like, you know, working through fear foods, that's a really like exposure therapy, you know, stuff we have to do. Like people are literally afraid of eating a potato um, or like haven't had a potato in like 10 years. I mean, things that are just like, wow, you know? Um, Yeah. Probably no fear of pizza along the lines that I'm not demonizing pizza by any stretch. Right. Yeah. The the ridiculousness of the things that people have, complicated relationships with and probably feel a lot of guilt over eating and yet the potato is literally the hill to die on is the line that they won't cross right like it's the potato's fault it's the banana yes yeah. yeah so i mean i guess a lot of this comes from especially with women you think there's something wrong with them the way that they look because of media social media um and a lot of it comes out of desperation and that's why they would potentially go through yo-yo dieting. Um, they just want to try anything that they think will work. Um, and it has to be done now because they feel bad about themselves now. Do you yeah. find that? with? Yeah. And, and I think uh, they want it fast. They want it now, but they do that so many times that they never get to the place they want to be at. Um, because everything that they're doing is so unsustainable. Um, so another one is like the scale, right? A lot of people, they are not used to the slow, um, normal way to lose fat. So they think it's not working. It's a lot of like, you know, healing your relationship with the scale, taking the emotion out of that either. Um, that's a a lot that we work with too, is a big one teaching. It's really like teaching people basic nutrition, um, is another one that I feel like a lot of people just don't, they don't know um, what a freaking protein is or a carb or a fat or how to build a healthy meal. Um, Stuff that you should really be taught in schools, either they're not being taught it or they never were taught it. Or, um, you know, I feel like some of that needs to change as well. If we actually knew like basic nutrition principles, like what a calorie deficit is, and you are actually getting tested on this stuff in school that, you know, so when you leave, you're, you know that, okay, in order to lose fat, you need to be in a calorie deficit. I don't need to cut out carbs or uh, sugar is not the problem. Um, I think, you know, education as well. Yeah. And I mean, marketing, it's so 
they, they get to you and they're very yeah. smart. They're good at their jobs, which is not great, but um, yeah, it's very easy to trick people, especially if they think something's wrong with them. Yeah. Something that they don't need. Desperation too. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they prey on people's, you know, emotions. Unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> do you have any opinions, opinions about um, supplements? Mm. Um, the thing that I think people want supplements I, I don't mind supplements where right? I work with first form, but the thing is, um, people go to supplements first yeah. supplement is like just that, right. It's to supplement something you're lacking, but they don't even know what they're lacking yet. Um, but they want to find this thing because they, you know, it's something, it's an immediate satisfaction, like paying for coaching. It's like, okay, I have to do the work. You don't get <laughs> like that, that, that actual thing in your hand, like, yep, I just paid $500, you know, here we go. But they they would throw out $500 for a freaking thing of protein, creatine, um, breads and greens, even if they didn't even know what it did. Yeah. Right. Um, so I don't mind supplements. I think they have their place. I take creatine. I use protein powder, um, fish oil and things like that. But I think people need to be educated if they really actually need that supplement or whatever they think they want. Like, what are you looking for, for it to, to do for you? Like another a thing I get asked is like collagen. Should I be taking collagen? It's like, okay, why are you even interested in collagen? How's your, how's your hair, skin and nails doing? <laughs> but they think it's like a magic, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the age of social media, lots of people care about what they look like, which nothing wrong with that, but there are other ways <clears throat> in terms of your health and fitness, there are other ways to work on that kind of stuff before supplements. Yeah. And I think people take it as a first step instead of like the third step after they're, you know, uh, lifting weights and focusing on their eating habits and stuff. Absolutely. Yep. Um, so do you, what would you say that's most common mistake, um, that people make in terms of what, like when they start out with their, their nutrition? Oh, I think they want to do everything at once. Really. I think they, uh, like they want to walk 10,000 steps a day and they want to strength train five days a week and they want to, um, you know, eat super clean. I hate that word, but they want to just cut out everything and just eat, you know, the fruits and veggies and protein. Um, but because they want to, they want to do it now, they want to get it right. But it's, in all actuality, they need to do something like slow and sustainable, like almost painfully slow, right? Where you're like, oh, do I really, I just want to get it done. It's like, no, well, if you want to get it done forever, right? Never have to be in this place again. Then we have to like work on things week by week. So let's master one thing that you know you can be consistent with. Um, because if you're working 40 hours a week, and you have three kids, and you think you're going to get 10,000 steps a day and strength train five days a week. I mean, let's do something that we know that you can be consistent with. I think a lot of people try to overestimate what they can do and then set themselves up for failure because um, they can't uh, finish what they thought, you know, they set out for themselves. So it's like, give them a sense of like, okay, you know, I can do this by giving something that they can actually manage and, and finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They start off all gung ho and then one thing falls apart that week because they've created all these goals for themselves and then they mm -hmm. give up or you know they take a week off and then they have to start you know quote start over yeah yeah that's the thing I think realizing that there's really no starting over it's just you know day to day um like there's no there's no train 
no. or, or, or I fell off the truck or the wagon, you know, it's like, okay, what wagons? Yeah. Um, but start over on Mondays, you know, I think we, we just have to get over the, that kind of like, uh, it's all or nothing, I guess it would be perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always think like guilt has no place in your uh, fitness nutrition journey. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, don't set yourself up for failure by trying to do things all at once. There's no point in feeling guilty about missing the gym. Just, you know, jump back into it. Just get yeah. Yeah. doesn't Absolutely. have to be, oh, today's been crap. I, well, I'll just do it tomorrow. It's like, no, if you knew that you weren't supposed to, you know, potentially you went over on your calories or something, um, <clears throat> you have to figure out why you did that. And usually it's, you know, there's other things like emotional eating and mm-hmm. people just, they don't care to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, kind of an avoidance technique, but. Yeah. And that's, that's where the learning comes from. It's like, okay, that's where it's like, all right, that's a teaching moment, right? What can you learn from what, what happened last night? Like, how were you feeling before you like, well, maybe you had like a little nighttime binge or how were you feeling during and how were you feeling after let's recognize these things so next time you know okay maybe this may happen um and know what to do the yeah. next time yeah exactly um so what do you think is the most challenging part of nutrition for someone that has is already over like the beginner hump I guess um getting over the fear of like being able to eat all things I feel like that's a that's a big one right like not really knowing what moderation is because they've been um in such a restriction mindset uh that abundance is like ooh, like uh, I can actually eat a bigger plate I see a lot of you know people want little tiny mini meals and snack size meals um because they think that's like eating less is the way to go when really like let's just eat we gotta eat more mm-hmm. um you know that I think is a is a hard thing to grasp for people but when it clicks it clicks yeah and then they're more likely to stick to it once they realize oh mm-hmm. she wasn't lying to me she was right right <laughs> Um, so do you have any tips for, for those people? Just, um, to, uh, be able to eat more or whatever you think is the biggest struggle they have. Um, in terms of nutrition, I'd say just, you know, trust the process, Mm -hmm. trust, like trust that, you know, if it hasn't worked thus far, why I keep doing something that hasn't worked. Yeah. Trusting the process is a little bit easier if you have a coach too, to help guide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. I think, I think everyone should have a coach, to be honest. If, if you could, if there is any possible way, if you are spinning your wheels, like that is, I feel like if you would, if you would give money to supplements, I think that you should make the decision to, to give that to a coach instead. Um, you know, no, I totally agree. Obviously. I mean, it's our job, but right. 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 But I mean, even I, I have a coach and for me, I know things didn't change for me until I, I had a, had a coach and that was like joining the inner circle and it doesn't have to be like a one-on-one, uh, you know, type of situation. It could be like joining one of your group programs or my group programs where it's like a, you know, less money, but you still have, kind of have some guidance. Yeah. And yeah, I find structure is a big one. Yeah. Structure, structure for, for like workouts in the gym. Like instead of going to the gym, not knowing what you're doing, you know, have a plan and set in place. So, you know, like 
that you go in there with a plan, you're going to get stronger, you're going to build some muscle, you're going to feel good. Um, you'll have more confidence when you go into the gym with a plan. Mm-hmm. Were you going to say something, Andrew? I was just going to say, uh, often with these group programs, you also get a sense of community as well, but you also can get yes. that from joining a gym. And I mean, not everybody seeks community within their fitness journey, but I think we all know that if you find community, it can do a lot to help keep you going. It is a big incentive to get people to want to come back to the gym. I've noticed over the years, you know, a number of my clients, the fact that other people would interact with them, not just our, our relationship was definitely a big thing, but uh, you know, Larry, for example, when, when Larry's at the gym, you know, getting to see other people in the gym who come up and say hi to him or interact with him, you know, it's a positive for him. He'll sometimes sit down and hang out just a little bit longer. And, and after our sessions over and other people come talk to him and that's just one more little nudge that keeps him coming back all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Community is huge and accountability too. Yeah. Cause in a, in a group, you're accountable to the coaches, of course, but also to the rest of the people in the group. Yeah. You meet friends <laughs> and you show up because you know, they're going to be there. Um, I think it's important to, if you don't have to do this alone, don't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially for beginners, it's really helpful for them to have gym partners or, or yeah. like that person that your friend that would join you for fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have that. It helped me. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a friend that helped me. And like, I think also people overcomplicate like where to start and how to start. It's like, just start, just go on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, I started in the morning at 5.30 a.m. like um, outside at a playground, you know, doing playground, uh, hit workouts. Um, that obviously that wasn't like the perfect thing, but it got me out. It got me meeting people. And then it got me into like running and I started doing races. And then I got into like, then I got into the gym. Yeah. Um, so just, just literally starting something and, and morphing from there. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, really, are you going to care how long it took you to get to where you were feeling good about yourself and healthy and, fit or are you just going to be happy that it happened? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I went through different, I think I don't, when I started feeling like really good was probably like, I like two or three years into, um, then I started, things started to click. It took a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And some people don't realize how far someone is already into their fitness journey when they play that silly, let's compare myself with everyone else game that yeah. no one um, you know, cause someone could have been lifting for eight years. So yeah, even bothering to compare yourselves. That, yeah, exactly. And I think people don't realize that everyone is a beginner at some point. Like I was a beginner, you're a beginner. Like we all started somewhere. We didn't, we didn't just start going to the gym, knew, knew what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, hilarious story. One of my clients came into the gym on Halloween in one of those blow up dinosaur costumes. Oh, I love those. (laughs) I love those. Yeah. She said she did her whole workout in it. It was very entertaining. Um, she said it's never too late to start your fitness journey. And I just had to roll my eyes at her because she was dressed as a dinosaur. Ah! (laughs) Uh, That's pretty funny. Yeah. She's entertaining, that's for sure. Um, and dedicated, obviously, to show up in her, her costume. Right. Workout, right? She must uh, sweating in that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah she the plastic piece in front of her face. Yeah. Oh, man. Hilarious. Um, 
but she didn't want to take it off. So I said, okay, whatever. Um, so are there, are there any other training modalities besides strength that you uh, find beneficial for you or for your clients? I think, you know, some kind of like something that you love to do on those non-strength days, like hiking, um, biking. I think it's important to have like another, you know, form of exercise that you, you know, love, like whether it be yoga, um, kind of like a, a non like thinking fun exercise. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good idea. Something that you can still recover from and, and do. Both. Yeah. Yeah. If you were like, what should you do my days off? It's like, well, um, you can do some, you know, uh, what do they call it? Uh, something active. Uh, what is the word? I have, I have like a massive brain fart. Active, uh, active days, I think. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Active recovery. Okay, yes. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, I'm always moving, but you know, I'm, it, to me, it's like my rest day is like walking and maybe going for a hike, still yeah. moving, not like couch bound. Yeah, no, that's fair. So um, don't be like me who, when people ask, what do you do outside the gym? And you just kind of go blank. Uh, <laughs> people are like Bailey who yeah. plays soccer and, you know, loves going to hike and, and various and walking her dogs. So yeah. love my dogs. <laughs> If I don't take my dogs for walks, they fight with each other. So, yeah, my dog lets me know on uh, every day. It's like, let's go. Yeah, it's time. Mm-hmm. Um. So, as a coach, you've been coaching for seven years. You said, man, I'm trying to think. Seventeen, like, yeah, like I'd say, like six years. Six years. Okay. Um. I mean, within that time period, are there any concepts that you've changed your opinion on? Mm. I'm trying to think. I I don't know. I I don't. I, not too many. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of got in like I've been into the science based stuff for a while now, like Jordan Syatt and stuff. I haven't really wasn't before like a lot of toxic, uh, you know, crazy stuff. So I can't think of anything that I that. At the moment, I'm sure there probably is something, but I can't think of anything extreme. I think you're right in that your first point of contact with someone who may be one of the best, you know, evidence-based nutrition right. communicators that exists in our space in, in Jordan. I think we also, I mean, I know I can be guilty of this too, where we think that the evolution of our ideas and our belief systems are kind of always the way that we thought about things. And I, I personally have grown up around, you know, bodybuilding magazines and, you know, kind of that cultural world for over 20 years. And I've been coaching for just over 12. And I for sure remember when we believed that, you know, eating smaller, more frequent meals, increased metabolism. We now know that's bullshit. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely grew up in a world where, you know, there's the anabolic window. So you better make sure you have your protein shake within 30 to 60 minutes, depending on who you asked of your work. Right. No, that's one of those habits I retain, not because I believe the anabolic window is a thing, but because it's a convenient way for me to top up my protein intake daily. And also as a reminder, I take my creatine with that protein shake. So you can both do that, but also know the difference of this. But there's also other things that I never bought into, let's say, for example, like fasted cardio being better. It's, yeah, it may, it's popular within the competitive world. And I'm, and I, We'll qualify this. This is a good thing for people to realize. It may 
be beneficial, more beneficial to people whose muscles, muscle is spared and preserved because of anabolic drugs, right? So the, oftentimes that community likes it. I don't think there's any evidence to say that it is better for them, but the anabolic drugs are definitely going to help with the muscle, potential muscle loss of, you know, a lot of training fasted, so cardio being done fasted. So there's all kinds of belief in our world. And mm -hmm. a lot of it, it also depends on where you're coming from. And you seem to have been exposed to the good stuff early. So, yeah, I kind of believed a lot of that stuff before I started coaching. Right. And then I learned through uh, Jordan and a lot of the science-based uh, evidence-based people that I follow differently and that evolved that way. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something and I forgot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I've changed mostly like things that how I present things on maybe social media, like, uh, you know, instead of saying you just need to be in a calorie deficit, right? Like mm -hmm. going beyond that, like we all know, like it does take to be in a calorie deficit, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy for someone to get into one. Right. I, I've changed a lot of how, you know, I think about that. I, you, okay. I have to go like, and not really say it. So it's such a blanket statement like that. Like there's so much more to it. I'm yeah. learning that kind of stuff. Yeah. How to communicate it to someone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I, mean, I was just going to say, I think that just comes from the experience of practice and the responses mm -hmm. from people that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah mean, and then, you know, the comment section is, it, it's like, you know, well, I have this and I have that. You're not speaking to, you know, what about, what about me? It's like, okay. Yeah. I, I understand that. So it, it's like evolving as, as someone that's teaching as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you take a really strong stance on something, um, and you communicate it as, as if everyone that doesn't already know this is stupid. That's when the issues come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if you find a good way to communicate it to people where people aren't, I mean, and you can't avoid it all the time, but people aren't, you know, getting offended because right. you weren't their particular uh, example or whatever, or the person that you can help. I think yeah. there's a balance between first of all, I don't like really polarizing messaging on social media. Um, I don't like calling things out. I don't like the combative nature of our industry. I find it creates barriers and confuses people. And oftentimes it's people within our industry playing status games with each other versus actually speaking to and helping the end user. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think it's also okay to speak to an audience and have that audience self-select to you and your messaging just simply may not apply to other people. And what you alluded to, I've definitely seen this in pockets where usually it's, you say something that's positive and maybe it's a touch general, but it applies broadly, but then, oh, it doesn't check this person's particular set of unique, what have you. I saw that Dr. John Berardi posted about this today um, because I guess he deals with this too. And it can be really frustrating and discouraging when people try to police what you say, especially if you just look at what you're saying and it's nuanced and it's thoughtful and it's kind and it, it doesn't you know, get into shame-based behavior or anything. Like, I, I can't do shame-based anything on social media. Mm -hmm. It's challenging, but I still think, you know, for anybody listening, especially if you yourselves are coaches, there's a lot of value in doing it, being consistent, not getting discouraged when people like to argue and fight. Uh, and police things on social media because at the end of the day you're you're helping the people who want you to show up for them 
and the people who are policing it and being antagonistic, they're not your audience. And I don't know, they're just fighting battles that you could either get pulled into or you can focus on who you're really trying to help. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And that I have, I get that issue with, you know, the way I, I swear, I swear a lot. Yeah. Right. And I, I have some, you know, a lot, I'm literally, I press record and I say, and I just talk sometimes I'm more passionate and that's when you have more fucks come out. Right. If I'm like, <laughs> maybe had too much caffeine and I'm like, someone said something and I'm like, blah, 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 you know, uh, so I just, it's just me being authentic and I just put it out there. I will get, you know, either people love it or you'll get, and mostly them are women that tell me, I don't know, I can't believe you're saying that. Oh my God. And they'll send me these DMs and say, I'm unfollowing you in my DM and send me stuff with like, um, like Jesus quotes. And um, I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. They're like, this is the devil stuff. And I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, I, it's just, it's just a word. I'm passionate. I, I, you know, grew up in the East coast. It's like, I'm, I'm kind of like comes with the territory almost. Um, what, what is it with you, all you Jordan people, because you guys all swear. I know Eric, no, <laughs> Eric gets shit for it too. And it's like, oh, again, oh, it's, oh my God. It's collecting to the right audience. And guess what? You can probably go find someone who doesn't swear and be just, as that's the thing. It's like, yeah. And you know, there's someone for everyone, right? Uh, either you love it or you hate it. And I'm not for you if you don't like it unfortunately, like, I'm not here to like, please you. I'm here to help. If you can take the help or if you don't, I, I don't care. Um, yeah. I can't, ch- I don't want to change who I am. And I think um, anyone starting their journey in social media, you have to be yourself or else it's going to be miserable making content. Um, and I, I kind of got, you know, Gary V Jordan, they kind of led the way for you to kind of be authentically you um, and swear. And, you know, it, it's okay. Um, and so I'm just being me. And you can't, I can't like fake, fake it. It's like, it's not, not doing it for likes and follows. It's just, um, I tried in the beginning to like censor myself and you could see it, it shows that I'm not being myself. <laughs> so yeah. um, you first Bailey, but no, I was just going to say the people in your comments and your DMS, like they're wasting their own time. Just don't, you know, yeah. just don't. So what do you think yeah. you're going to get for that? <laughs> it's like why I would never go to someone's page and be like you know what I think that if you did it this way you'd get a lot more followers it's like okay I think I'm doing okay I have 622 fucking thousand followers and like you still get people saying that it's like I think that this would work better if you didn't swear so much it's like okay Janet how many videos do you have on your page yeah Um, zero (laughs) um so they know that yeah so where where could people go find you being you swearing on your social media check out more um beth frocco fitness on tiktok um beth frocco fitness on instagram beth fitness.com for coaching and i have a podcast called cut the crap with beth on matt um that's on spotify itunes amazon google anywhere that you listen to podcast love it wonderful thank you for taking the time to thank come thank you appreciate it um all of our people already listening, go check out and follow Beth. And if you just happen to have wandered in through Beth's media, um, we have a lot of like just topic episodes, but you could also find an episode with Susan Niebergall, another legend yeah. of influence as well, and a few other uh, guests. And we're going to continue to bring on guests and, and have 
discussions about specific topics. So uh, thank you again so much. And hopefully everybody tunes in for our next episode. Thank you.